my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupa's an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today, since it's August, I'm going to be covering for Sisters Day, Na- National Sisters Day, is celebrated on the first Sunday of every August. Sister Day, Sisters Day 2021 will be on August 1st. So I decided, like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do a couple episodes from Full House for Sisters Day. So the first episode I'm going to be focusing on and covering today is from Season 1 of Full House, Episode 13, entitled Sisterly Love. This episode aired on January 8th, 1988. In this episode, Stephanie is chosen for the part in a TV commercial for which DJ was auditioning. And, of course, I always like to read the DVD case description because sometimes they got some good ones. Sometimes they're not so great, but let's see. It's green-eyed monster time when DJ auditions for a serial commercial, but Stephanie gets the part. That was cute. I liked that. So, of course, later this month, I will also be covering for Sister's Day is from Season 5, Episode 3, Take My Sister Please, which aired October 1st, 1991. In this episode, DJ lobbies for her own bedroom, but Michelle is reluctant to share a room with Stephanie, who is depressed because nobody wants her as a roommate. Well, you see her actions in the first (laughs) in that episode. I, I honestly would not want her as a roommate either. She's, you know, is constantly barging in when DJ and Kimmy and this guy are trying to do their homework, even though DJ and Stephanie share a room, and just getting in the middle of their conversation and just being overly annoying. I didn't have a little sister growing up, but I would not stand for that kind of stuff. I would not stand for it. So, going back to sisterly love. This episode has a 7.1 out of 10, based on 270 ratings. We do have Wendy Schell, S-C-H-A-A-L, playing Vivian. We have Greg Callahan as Mr. Benton. We have Jandy Swanson as Karen. And those are the only guest stars. That is pretty much when we get to the TV, the commercial audition. This episode was directed by Lee Shalit Shamel, C-H-E-M-E-L. I'm sure I mispronounced that. This episode was written by Jeff Franklin and Leonard Rips, or Lenny Rips, depending on. I think that's probably who he, what he went by when he was on the show, writing for it. We do have some trivia for this episode. This is the first episode to feature Stephanie's catchphrase, How rude! (laughs) 
According to the box, the Oatboat cereal, whose commercial DJ is auditioning for, are made by the Olsons Company, a reference to Mary-Kate and Ashley Olson, who play Michelle Tanner. Well, I will have to look at that cereal box when I see it. All right, we got some goofs. When Joey restrains DJ, the position of his arms changes between shots. When Jesse takes the burger and fries out of the crib, Michelle has two fries, one of which she eats. She is not given more, but when Danny takes her out of the crib, she has two in each hand. After DJ and Stephanie argue in the kitchen, Jesse sends Stephanie into the living room. Before she leaves, the girls call each other by their first and middle names. And Jesse's reaction implies he's surprised to hear DJ's middle name. As their uncle, he would have known their full names already and wouldn't be surprised. Alright, we do have a couple reviews. The first one is a 7 out of 10, titled Sisters Fight. This is by... Kellen Vass from March 1st, 2014. Warning, spoilers. DJ gets the acting bug, but Danny is reluctant to let her go to an audition. When he finally caves in, an ecstatic DJ nails her audition, impressing everyone. While she's out preparing, Stephanie inadvertently steals her part. DJ is incensed and feels Stephanie stole it from her, while Stephanie thinks DJ is jealous. Meanwhile, Joey's cholesterol is too high, and he's forced to try to eat healthier. Okay, no one's forcing him to do anything. He chooses to give up junk food, which you don't just cut cold turkey like that because it's going to backfire on you. Trust me, I've tried stuff like that. It doesn't work. <laughs> Moderation is key in that. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. It's the first time the sisters have real conflict with one another. Candace Cameron Bure did a great job at showing anger and frustration in this one. I especially enjoyed her feet stomps to get her point across. Jody Sweeten was impressive as well for her age, handing, handling a heavy issue like that. It was a good message about tempering your expectations in case of reality happening. By the way, isn't it kind of ironic that DJ wanted to become an actress? <laughs> okay, the next one is a, also a 7 out of 10, titled A Traitor Lives Here. This is by Mitch RMP. This is from December 6, 2013. In this episode, DJ got a sudden taste for acting after a successful part in a play. So without thinking, Jesse suggested she try to get an acting part in a commercial. Of course, Danny was grateful, but not... Oh, wait, no. Of course, Danny was grateful, not... But he found her a part and gave her permission to go to the audition. DJ's audition went well. The woman conducting the auditions was all set to hire her, but Stephanie ended with the part ended up with the part purely by accident. DJ, of course, is very, very unhappy and chooses to ignore her sister. Danny warns Joey and Jesse before he goes to work that an explosion is about to happen, and it does. They have to deal with the consequences. A subplot in this episode, Joey gets some test results back from the doctor and decides to go on a health food diet and give up all, all is in caps, junk food. The results is a lesson for us all. There's nothing earth-shattering or new in this episode, but we do see the sisters fighting. This is really the first time you see Jesse and Joey disciplining the girls. 
Okay, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let you Tanner newbies know who are new to the podcast, where you can find the podcast on social media, and where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can find the podcast page on Facebook at just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up in the search bar. Also, there's an Instagram page, OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast, and also a Twitter page at OMHC FHFH Full House. Also, if you would like to get your voice heard on the podcast, if you want to talk about your Full House memories, your Fuller House memories, your favorite characters, your top five best episodes, worst episodes, I want to hear about it. Send your email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. The email is put in the episode description. And also, if you've been listening for a bit or you been listening for uh, quite a while and you want to support the podcast that's amazing to do that just go to itunes type in full house or fuller house the oh my lanta holy chalupas podcast will pop up scroll down to where it says reviews and leave a review you can have fun with it you can give it a funny title you can use emojis and just you know just Say what you like about the podcast, or tell me who your favorite character is. All five-star reviews give this podcast notice by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. So, the more reviews we get, the higher up in popularity this Full House, Fuller House podcast will be. So, alright, without further ado, let's jump into Sisterly Love. I haven't watched this one in a while. I usually, the ones I plan to do... Quinn, do I want to know what you're doing under this chair? Are you chewing on the wheel? Mm, You silly cat. Yeah, she's right by the wheel of uh, this chair that I'm sitting in. Alright, let's get into sisterly love. Who's your favorite character, Quinn? Do you like DJ or Stephanie? Or Michelle? Hmm? You like any of them? Yeah? Hmm? Oh, she doesn't have an answer for me yet. She says, I'm still designing. Alright, everyone, I just want to jump in here real quick before I officially get into sisterly love. I want to let you all know, as of July 28th, I am now in my new apartment. I will do a separate podcast and life update later this fall. Just let you all know that fun experience and what's going on in my life in, you know, October. We'll see where I'm at there. But I am definitely happy. Um, still a uh, still getting stuff set up. My podcasting room is almost complete. I still got a bunch of stuff I got to put away. But just want to let you know... The recording prior to me jumping in here, that was done at the hotel. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into sisterly love. For realsies this time, I promise. 
All right, so we come out of the intro. We are just inside the front door of the house as Danny comes in announcing to us, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce America's newest superstar. So they definitely are, they're making a big deal about DJ because she was in a play. And we do know that DJ does, she stars in a few plays. I think she's in a Christmas play in season three during the Aftershocks episode. She plays Mrs. Claus. There's an episode um, where Danny, in between going to Stephanie's science fair and a DJ's play playing Romeo and Juliet. So it's not like, you know, DJ. She'll be in many, many plays. Right, Quinn? That's right. Quinn decided to join us this morning. To me, it does look like it could very well be winter-ish. Because Stephanie is wearing a winter coat. Michelle has got... Well, she's not so much got a winter coat on, baby Michelle, but she's got, like, a little sweater on. Everyone's wearing, you know, well, Joey's wearing a V-neck, you know, button-down sweater, and Jesse and Danny are both wearing suit jackets. Danny even refers to DJ as our own mini Meryl Streep. Now, this is 1980... Yeah, this is the first episode in 1988. It's January 8th, 1988. Let's see, uh, our very first promo would have aired just before Christmas of 87, December 18th, 1987. So let's look at Meryl Streep's film resume prior to 88. We got The Deadliest Season. We have Julia. We have The Holocaust miniseries. We have The Deer Hunter, Manhattan, the Seduction of Joe Tynan. Kramer versus Kramer. I've seen that one. The French Lieutenant's Woman. Alice at the Palace. Still the Night. So Whoopsie. Sophie's Choice, which is another big one that gets mentioned a lot. And the term Sophie's Choice, because that movie has been around and it just... It seems like people use Sophie's Choice as the ultimate ultimatum. Like, you have to give up this or this. Like, the ultimate choice that you can't give up either. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Sophie's Choice, um, I, I think the movie's like three hours long. I got into maybe an hour and a half of it, and I just, I couldn't get into I I honestly would take like to take another look at that movie and get through it all the way through but she is at the end I'm trying to think whether she's getting sent to a concentration camp at the very end and an officer comes up to her because she has a son and a daughter her son is actually a little older than the daughter and she is being told she has to give up one of her kids. Her daughter being a toddler, probably about maybe two, three, and the boy is probably about maybe four or five. And she says, I can't do it. Don't ask me to do that. And the officer says, you choose or we will take both of them. 
And she's like, no, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. And finally he's like, take them both. And she, she loses both her kids because she can't, as the guy takes both of them, she's like, no, no, take my daughter, take my daughter. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, can you imagine being in this woman's position and being told you can only keep one of your kids? Oh my gosh. But anyways, yeah. And even um, Meryl Streep's acting has been also referenced in uh, an episode of Seinfeld as well. Like, she is revered as such a, even even now, I mean, with the, I'm trying to think of what the last Meryl Streep film was that I saw. Let's see, uh, there's Silkwood, Falling in Love, Plenty Out of Africa, I think that's one that won an award, Heartburn. So she, yeah, she's worked with Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro. A movie called Ironwood, A Cry in the Dark, a comedy called She-Devil with uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, that's 89. Oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry, I jumped way ahead. We're only going up to, like, 87. She did the voice of Jessica Lovejoy on The Simpsons episode? Are you serious? I never would have guessed that. But, yeah, she was also in um, some other one. Uh, Death Becomes Her. The River Wild, not seen it. I wouldn't mind seeing that one. Uh, Bridges of Madison County, that is another big one that I did watch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought it was good. Before and after. Marvin's Room with Leonardo DiCaprio and Diane Keaton. That's another one that is just, it's good. It's good. See, one true thing. Music of the Heart is another teacher like, an amazing, like, Mr. Holland's Opus is one of those, you know, big, you know, teacher movies where the teacher makes, um, Freedom Riders, that's another, you know, outstanding teacher, uh, Stand and Deliver's another one, there's just so many teacher movies out there, but yeah, then she was also on the early 2000s, The Hours, Adaptation, uh, series of unfortunate events, Prime, Prairie Home Companion. Devil Wears Prada is another one that I haven't seen, but a lot of people have talked about how great her performance is. She was in a movie called Evening, Mama Mia, Doubt, Julie and Julia, about Julia Child. It's Complicated, saw that one. Iron Lady, I think she plays um, Prime Minister um, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, let's see, Hope Springs, August County, I'm sorry, I'm going, The Giver is another one that I liked that one. Oh, she was in the Mary Poppins Returns, oh, Big Little, oh my gosh, I watched that last summer, I was like on a Reese Witherspoon kick, because I was watching that and Little, <clears throat> Little Fires Everywhere. She played in the second season of Big Little Lies, and I swear, even though it's like, oh, she's funny an older lady it's like I wanted to slap her I swear it I swear it Ugh. oh she played Aunt March in Little Women the movie so yeah she's still she's doing you know at one point and I really wish that they would have kept with this you know back in the before 2010 there's a lot of there's Marley and me and there's all these you know dog type movies and stuff like that there was a book called Dewey the small town library cat about the cat from Spencer, Iowa. Meryl Streep was gonna play Vicki Myron of, you know, the book Dewey. 
And that was, I think it was like in 09 or 2010 that it was mentioned. And then it was even on our IMDb at one point. And then boom, never again. But now since that we've gotten a street cat named Bob, which also another good, if you like books about, you know, cats helping people overcome and just being a big part of their life, that's another one that's really, really good. Um, but I know, I'm sorry, I got off track. Danny, thank you for Mer mentioning Meryl Streep. But they really, really talk up DJ's performance. We don't get to see her performance, but they talk it up like it's the best thing they've ever seen. And, of course, they are really inflating DJ's ego for, of course, what's to come later. Yeah, it's like, Janice says our own mini Meryl Streep, Miss Donna Jo Tanner. And here comes DJ in this beautiful red dress holding a bouquet of red roses. She's even wearing a tiara, which I guess goes with her costume. She played in a, a play called The Frog Prince. Danny is really talking up this play. It's like, oh, what an afternoon of theater. I laughed. I cried. I learned about life. It's the frog. She played the princess in the frog prince. I mean, my goodness. So Joey, of course, is bummed he missed the ending. You know, they brought Michelle with them. And of course, I don't know how long the play is. I don't think it's two hours long. But Michelle's probably, what, a year old at this point? And, you know, babies, they really, I don't think they could sit through... That's the thing, honestly, and I'm not trying to make a beef with anyone about this, about, you know, people bringing their babies to movie theaters. What the heck was it? It was something I saw recently. I think it might have been Spirit Untamed, where a lady brought her toddler and was letting the baby walk around and crawl around the theater. I'm thinking there's steps right there. That kid's going to fall. I'm trying to watch this movie. Come on. I mean, if your kid can sit through a two-hour movie, kudos. That's great, but just, it, it's a distraction. It really is a distraction. But anyway, Joey had to take out Michelle. She started crying. So Joey missed the ending. Joey, just save yourself the trouble. Wait till 2009. Go see Princess and the Frog. It's the same thing, I'm telling you. Princess and the Frog, I'm sure, is a hundred. <laughs> Not knocking DJ's acting, of course, but I definitely, I liked Princess and the Frog. I thought it was a good movie. And Prince Naveen, even though he's a cartoon character, pretty cute. What do you think, Quindle? You think he was cute, too? <laughs> crying Michelle and, J and Jesse says well because she was so moved by DJ's performance or she probably had to you know, went pot pot in her diaper and probably had to be changed or she had gas according to Jesse well who knows did you feed her before you guys went to the school auditorium maybe something didn't agree with her and of course Jesse can't resist a blow on Michelle's tummy <laughs> So Stephanie suggests, DJ, can you do it again for Joey, please? Just the ending part where he missed the you kissing the frog and it turned into a prince. And DJ's like, yeah, of course, I'd love to, but I need a frog. And they all look at Jesse. 
And Jesse says, what, do I look like a frog? And they all nod. Okay, just checking. So DJ, of course, gives Jesse the command, okay, Jesse, you have to get on the floor and pretend you're a frog. So Jesse gets down on all fours, legs, you know, back legs perched out, like, just like a frog. And Danny, of course, makes the joke of, oh, I just want to dip your legs in garlic butter. Apparently, Danny is a fan of frog legs. I've never tried them. I don't have any. I don't, mm. I actually was in Walmart recently and just saw, like, Cajun alligator nugget things. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm brave enough for that. I, I really don't know if I'm brave enough. So, Jesse, as a frog, is just sitting there being a frog. And DJ's pretending to look around, seeing the frog, and says, Oh, frog, why does the world force us to meet in secret? And, of course, Jesse as a frog just goes, Ribbit! He <laughs> shrugs his frog shoulders. So, yeah, this plague is really preachy. <laughs> she says, Do not all of God's creatures share the heart that feels pain? And I love how her, fa her cheek is right up against... Jesse's cheek. He says, pain, love, joy, and sorrow. And Jesse's starting to tear up. He wipes the tear away. Rip it! <laughs> and they cut to Michelle's reaction. Michelle is just like, oh. And DJ says, if my true love is a frog, then so be it. She kisses Jesse as the frog on the forehead, and he jumps up, twirls around, and he is the prince. He says, my princess, and she flings her arms over and says, my prince, they hug. <laughs> they fake cry. And it, that's the end of the play. The family claps. D Stephanie goes up, touches DJ and goes, ah, the girl is hot. <laughs> I love how DJ like bends down and gives kisses. <laughs> This clearly is the first play that DJ's done because she is so just like, oh, this acting thing is so cool. And maybe that is how it starts for kids is, you know, they get involved in a community, you know, school play, community theater or something to that effect. And they just like that they can play pretend and pretend to be somebody else and just, you know, have fun. And oh, oh, here we go. Light bulb, light bulb going off over Jesse's head. He's thinking, hey, you know, Daniel, we do have a talent here in this DJ. We should, um, we should explore that. And being that Danny works at a news station, at a TV station, well, I'm sure there's got to be some type of commercial for, you know, geared towards kids, right? Yeah, so Jesse's the one that puts it in DJ's head and kind of throws it onto Danny's shoulders. Like, hey, Danny, make this happen. He is like, hey, Daniel, we got a major talent here. You know people in showbiz. Why don't you go make some calls? Yeah, he, he tells Danny, like, hey, maybe she could audition for a commercial or something. And DJ turns and says, great idea, Uncle Jesse. <coughs> and Danny says, yeah, great idea, Uncle Jesse. Which is like, why are you putting this in her? Mm. Especially if she gets all worked up and excited. And what if she just, what if she doesn't get the commercial? What if she gets beat out by a regular child actor who's currently already working in the business? 
then she's gonna feel miserable. But before DJ's thoughts of stardom can go any higher, Danny does kind of put his, like, hey, honey, look, Deej, I'll ask around, but don't, don't get your hopes up too high, okay? Yeah, that's too late of that happening. She's already on cloud nine from her performance as the princess and the frog. DJ, of course, starts to play it cool. Like, I understand, Dad. You know, whatever happens, happens. She tries to be chill about it, but you know inside she's like, <laughs> She's like, but I hope it happens this week. <laughs> so DJ and Stephanie leave the living room, and Danny goes over to Jesse and says, If I kiss you, will you turn back into a frog? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce America's newest superstar, our own Minnie Meryl Streep. Miss Donna Jo Tanner! Oh, oh, what an afternoon of theater. DJ is the beautiful princess and the frog prince. I laughed, I cried, I learned about life. I wish I wouldn't have missed the ending. Michelle, why'd you have to start crying? Because huh? you're so moved by DJ's performance. Or she had gas. Bet you needed a diaper change. <laughs> Yeah, could you please teach? I'd love to, but I need a frog. <laughs> they all look at Jesse. What, do I look like a frog? <laughs> Just checking. Okay, let's do it. So now we're in the kitchen. Jesse is making a delicious corned beef sandwich. You know, I mean, if I've mentioned it probably before, maybe once or twice in the four years I've been podcasting. I'm a big fan of Reuben sandwiches. I really, I mean, I don't make them myself, but if a place is like a restaurant or whatever, it's got one. Like Arby's has a really good one. Um, another thing, I really like brisket. Another thing Arby's had, and I know I mentioned this on the podcast, I wish they'd bring it back, the pork belly sandwich. Oh, so good. <laughs> so Michelle, of course, is in her high chair. She's got a sideways red ball cap on. 
backwards. Jesse is also, he's wearing a gray t-shirt, red backwards hat, because that's just what you did in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's not like I don't see some kids occasionally have, if, if they're wearing a ball cap, sometimes it'll be turned around. I actually saw someone at the, a kid at the mall that had a mullet, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's coming back. <laughs> so Jesse's like, yeah, Michelle, you probably are sick and tired of all that baby junk, that baby grub they give you all the time, right? Well, here you go. Hands are a plate, corned beef sandwich on rye with a big fat kosher pickle. I'm not a fan of pickles. Never been a fan of pickles. My dad liked pickles. I like the smell of the pickled juice in the jar, but I surely, I mean, I wasn't going to drink that, but that's about the only thing about the pickles that I like, but ugh, just not a fan. That's why when I go to Mickey D's, when I go through the drive through I say, I want a double cheeseburger with no pickle. No pickle. And they always make sure, you know, it's on the thing that says no pickle on it. Now, the cut-up onions, I can deal with that. I can deal with the cut-up onions. Caramelized onions actually aren't too, too bad on, um, you know, some sandwiches or something that say, oh, currently I have caramelized onions. Like, oh, yeah, I can, I can deal with that. I'm sure I'm making y'all hungry. It's 11.05 in the morning here, and I'm already making my lunch. And she goes right for that pickle and sticks it right in her mouth. Little baby Michelle. As Jesse asks, all right, now what do you want on the side? Do you want potato salad or coleslaw? Okay, I gotta ask y'all. Potato salad or coleslaw? I honestly, mm, potato salad, I, ha I haven't had it in quite a while. So maybe may coleslaw as long as it's either from Long John Silver's or KFC. That I can do. I put on a bit of salt on that too. But, oh my gosh, coleslaw at Long John Silver's, you put that on a hush puppy? Ha, ah, good. That, that's that's my way of eating the coleslaw. Is you put that on a hush puppy, you eat it. <laughs> Let me guess, you're all going to be like, oh, where's the nearest Long John Silver's and Arby's? And my guineas, I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, that sandwich alone on that plate looks literally the size of the width of Michelle's head. And that sandwich does look kind of heavy with all those uh, that stuff loaded on top. Now he said corned beef, and it looks like there could be some cheese on there, but I don't see any sauerkraut. My grandpa was a big fan of holy sausage and sauerkraut. I wasn't really a big. The only thing I will only eat it on a corned beef, on a um on a Reuben sandwich is the sauerkraut and then of course the, the thousand island dressing but i'm not gonna eat sauerkraut just by itself she took a bite out of that pickle with <laughs> what little teeth she had in her mouth <laughs> she, uh, danny comes in and he's wearing i think he's wearing like a plaid blue and black shirt and he's like hey jesse hey michelle we cut to michelle feeding jesse that pickle and it's just the cutest thing oh Danny bends down on the other side of Michelle's high chair and asks Jesse, Jesse, why is Michelle eating a pickle and a corned beef sandwich? <laughs> Jesse says, because I didn't have time to make buffalo chicken wings. Uh, I wouldn't, mm, you do not, not in front of a baby. You don't put that in front, that is too hot. That is, mm, no, 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 no. If there are adults out there that can't handle buffalo, you ain't giving that to no baby. <laughs> 
She'd have a better shot with that corned beef than a buffalo chicken hot wing. <laughs> Danny just takes the plate away with the pickle away from Michelle. And here comes Joey. This is a little side plot. He's got, he just came from the doctor. Turns out he's got a little high cholesterol, which not surprising. I'm actually surprised. And the times, like, I went to the doctor and just, you know, had checkups done, I always thought, like, my cholesterol would be kind of high, which the last time I did go, it was, it wasn't normal. It was just maybe a smidge, like, I had to cut some stuff. So, what I've been doing lately is actually, because I still drink the Diet Coke, still do. But I haven't been drinking it at night. I've been just trying to stick to, like, I'll have pop with my dinner at like five six o'clock at night and then after that it's going to be either water or usually at night like before bed I've just been having like milk or cereal or something light and just trying to keep the salty stuff like just for the afternoon and then in the evening just have something like you know cereal um I'll have like a little small thing of ice cream or something to that effect but, and actually, it's kind of interesting because it seems like I'm getting sleepier earlier. Like, before I used to stay up to, like, a, you know, 12, 1 o'clock. And then lately, it just seems like I'm getting tired by, like, 10. And it just it's just weird. I finally actually am starting to mainly sleep through the night here at the new place and stuff like that. Uh, Joey comes in, he's got a brown grocery bag of stuff. You know, that's the thing nowadays, I think they still do have brown grocery bags. Oh, there's my timer, my lunch is done, I'll be back. So, yeah, Joey comes in the door with two paper bags of groceries, and Jesse jumps up and says, Hey Joey, you want me to make you a corned beef sandwich on rye? And Joey is so focused on what we're going to learn. He's got high, his doctor said he's got a little high cholesterol, need to cut some stuff out. And immediately here comes Jesse tempting him with, oh, look at this corned beef, it's extra fatty. And <laughs> there's some leafy vegetable popping out of the top of that grocery bag that Joey is holding. Is that Grape Poupon on the counter next to that glass jar of pickles? I've never had Grape Poupon. But if you, you know, late in the 90s, you know the commercial with the Grape Poupon. <laughs> Just a fancy type of mustard. I usually would go with, what, French's or, or Heinz mustard, usually. That's what I go with. Joey starts pulling stuff that he got from the grocery store out of the bag. He says, why would I want that fatty corned beef when I can have meatless vegetable cutlets? What in the what? Okay, yeah. Joey tells them, came from the doctor, and he said that my cholesterol is a little high. I gotta start cutting stuff out. So, Joey, again, and I used this term, I used it before, hardcore, full bore, where he's been told that he's got to cut down, and he just is like, instead of moderating, he's like, I'm just going to cut, completely cut out eating junk food. And Joey, oh my goodness, I get it. Yeah, health is important, and but moderation, that is key. You cut something out completely, 
And that's where the whole hardcore full body going all the way, like, it's going to backfire on you. A hundred percent. That's why you take baby steps. You slowly ease into it. Marinated tofu squares. Like, he went to the health food section of the grocery store and just started pulling, like, oh, well, this looks good as an alternative to bread or meat. It looks like, yeah, it's like vegetable meatless cutlets or marinated tofu squares. It's like he's cutting out any form of meat. He says salt-free rice crackers, I think because he can't say rice cakes. And Jesse asks, what do you do when a Hare Krishna family publish your sweepstakes? <laughs> and Danny asks, isn't that the one with Ed McMahon in the orange robe and the shaved head? And Joey just, you know, takes like with a grain of salt. Like, you guys can laugh all you want. Got some test results back from the doctor. He said my cholesterol is a little high, but it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, and, and basically the doctor gives Joey a little chore list of things that, you know, he needs to do. Start exercising more. Eat less saturated fats. And Joey, of course, says, I've decided to completely give up junk food. Now, his doctor did not say, you need to just give up the junk food. This was Joey's doing. And, yeah, the look that Jesse and Danny give Joey, because Jesse's kind of side-eyeing Joey, like, did I hear you correctly? And even Danny's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Are you serious? And Joey looks at him like, what, you guys don't think I can think I can do it? And Jesse and Danny are both, oh, man, this is a good corned beef sandwich, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's really good. Oh, they're just, <laughs> they're enjoying these sandwiches like they're the last piece of food they'll ever eat on this earth. And, and Joey says, hey, you are talking to Mr. Willpower, dudes. Just so happens I gave up smoking like that. And of course, Danny says, Joey, I've known you forever. When did you smoke? Because they met when they were like 10. Like, I've known you since we were like 10. When did you smoke a cigarette? Clearly, it wasn't when I, when I was around. Joey says he smoked four cigarettes, and then his dad caught him, and then he stopped cold turkey. So Joey didn't just take a, a couple puffs off one cigarette. He smoked four of them. So clearly, I mean, if you were already smoking too, you must be somewhat getting used to it if you're going to be smoking four of them. Unless he tried to be a big man, I'm going to smoke all four at once. <laughs> uh, now that we're done with Joey's life, as Danny turns the conversation in his own direction, like, all right, back to my life. Look, guys, all right, I called up a casting director. Thank you, Mr. Frog Prince. <laughs> Jesse was the one that suggested this idea to begin with. Like, let's see if we can find a commercial for DJ to try out for. Yeah, since uh, Jesse was the one that suggested that DJ try to get a commercial. And <laughs> Danny calls him, thanks, frog boy. <laughs> Danny says there is an audition for a cereal commercial. And... Danny said, you know, I don't even know if I should tell DJ about this. Because he thinks, you know, she's all jazzed up. She's on cloud nine, basically, from her performance in The Princess and the Frog. And 
if I let her go to this, she's going to get beat by some... Joey actually is the one that's like, no, don't tell her about it. Because she'll go there, she'll get her hopes up, she'll probably be beat by a regular child actor that's got a credit list a mile long. And then she'll feel horrible. The last thing we want to do is scar poor DJ for life. So, Jesse, of course, says, Daniel... In life. I love how he always calls Danny Daniel when he's being serious about something. He says, in life, when something comes along, you have to grab it and go for it. DJ's going for this commercial. Like, oh my gosh. I love how both Jesse and Joey are coming at this whole thing <laughs> from different aspects. Where Jessie's like, sees the opportunity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. She may not get this opportunity again. Where Joey, on the other hand, is thinking realistically. She goes for it. And then she gets beat up by a regular child actor who's probably been in the business since they were in diapers. And she's going to feel horrible. Yeah, and Joey says, don't put her through this. And Jesse keeps telling Danny, go for it. And Joey says, don't put her through it. And Danny finally's like, you know, why don't I talk to DJ about this? Instead of getting advice from Gomer and Goober. But of course, before he makes that reference, Danny says, you know, this is the hard thing about being a parent. Every decision we make is going to affect these girls' lives. He says... Every decision we make could drastically alter the lives of my children of my children forever. And then Jesse turns <laughs> He's like, you know what? I think Joey's right, don't put her through it. And then Joey says, No, Jesse's right, she should go for it. <laughs> now they're flip flopping. Like, make up your mind. And this is where Jesse said of Jesse. <laughs> No, this is where Danny finally's like, you know, maybe I should just talk this over with DJ instead of Gomer and Goober. <laughs> and Jesse and Joey are like, I mean, if you think that's best, I mean, you're the dad. Well, yeah, I mean, why make a decision and DJ would never even be the wiser? Like, oh, she's not going to go for it. Well, you're not even going to tell her about it? <laughs> Like, give her, yeah, because, you know, as soon as he does, she's going to be like, Oh my gosh, I want to do it, I want to do it! I want to do the commercial! So, Danny goes upstairs to talk to DJ, and he's like, Hey, feed my ch- feed my baby here. And then, when, Jess- when Danny goes upstairs, Jesse brings this whole, you know, Jess, think about it, every decision we make could affect these girls possibly affect these girls for the rest of their lives as he's holding baby food and deciding what to feed Michelle. <laughs> and Joey says, what should we feed Michelle? Strained broccoli, strained broccoli or strained peas? Jesse says, hey, don't ask me. So Joey puts both options in front of Michelle and basically lets her choose. Like, okay, Michelle, what one do you think? They both look identical. Joey says, now, Michelle, it's up to you. It's your decision, and I'm not sure what one she picks. All right, Michelle, you gotta be sick and tired of all that strained baby grub they give you around here. Here, here's a corned beef sandwich on rye with a big, fat kosher pickle. <laughs> now, what do you want on the side, potato salad or coleslaw? <laughs> Just the pickle, okay? Hey, Jesse. Hey, Michelle. Oh. Jesse. Why is Michelle eating a pickle? 
and a corned beef sandwich? Because I didn't have time to make buffalo chicken wings. I'll take that, thank you. Just Danny Michelle. You did some shopping. Very nice. Hey, you want a uh, sandwich, corned beef sandwich on rye? No, thank you. You don't want a corned beef sandwich on rye? It's extra fatty. <laughs> no thanks. Why would I want that when I have meatless vegetable cutlets? Ew. Marinated tofu squares. <laughs> Salt-free rice crackers. Rice cakes. What'd you do? When a Hare Krishna family publishes sweepstakes? <laughs> Isn't that the one with Ed McMahon and the orange robe and the shaved head? <laughs> hey, you guys can make fun of my food all you want. I got some test results back from my doctor. <laughs> Said my cholesterol level's a little high, but there's nothing to worry about. All I have to do is start exercising a little more. Good, good exercise good for, good for you, Joseph. Eat less saturated fats. Good, no fats. Keep you slim. And I've decided to completely give up junk food. <laughs> yeah, right. What, you guys don't think I can do it? Good sandwich. Mine a good sandwich. That bread looks so dry, you though. talking. To Mr. Willpower, dudes. Yeah, right. It just so happens I gave up smoking like that. Joey, I've known you forever. When did you smoke? <laughs> when I was 12. I smoked four cigarettes, my dad caught me, and I stopped cold turkey. Okay, back to my life. Look, guys, I called up a casting director. And someone so thoughtfully suggested right in front of DJ. Thanks, frog boy. Ribbit. Anyway, it turns out there's an audition next week for some cereal commercial. I don't even know if I should tell DJ about it. Daniel, in life, when something comes along, you must grab it. DJ's going for it. Wrong yet one more time. Wow. DJ's going to get all excited. She's going to get beat out by some professional kitty actor, and she's going to feel like a loser for no reason at all. Don't put her through it. Go for it. Don't put her through it. Go for this it. This is the hard part about being a parent. Every decision we make could drastically alter the lives of my children forever. Joey's right. Don't put her through it. Hey, don't listen to me. Jesse's right. She should go for it. Hey, pal, I don't know what I'm talking about, and there's not a man in this room that can say I do. <laughs> Maybe I should talk this over with DJ instead of Gomer and Goober. Oh, yeah. If you think that's best. Uh, you're the dad. Right. Feed my kid, please. All right. Feed the kid, Gomer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just think about it. Every decision we make could possibly affect these girls for the rest of their lives. What should we feed Michelle? Strained broccoli or strained peas? Don't ask me. Michelle, it's up to you. Now remember, that's your decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Danny goes up to Stephanie in DJ's room, sees DJ at her table doing her homework. She's learning about the Bill of Rights. So also freedom of speech. So she asks, does freedom of speech mean I can say anything I want around the house? And Danny says, sure, but don't forget, I have freedom of say that again and you're grounded. So Danny's getting ready to tell DJ about this commercial, and he's doing this thing where, you know he can't fit in that little kid-sized chair. So he's sitting on top of it with his feet perched on the seat, and then he, it's just this whole little chair bit.
Now he's sitting on the table. And he starts out like this. He says, DJ, there's something I want you to think about very carefully. Now, I called the casting director, and there's an audition next week for a serial commercial. Boom. DJ is out of that chair. I want to do it. I want to do it. She can't get out of her seat fast enough. She's great. I want to do it. And Danny tries to bring her back down to earth. Like, honey, you realize the chances of getting this job are very, very tiny. Microscopic, even. And she's not even listening. She's like, I want to do it. And he says, if you do this, it should be for fun. He says, I don't want you to feel disappointed if you don't get it. She, like, puts a hand on either side of Danny's face, looks in his eyes, and says, Listen to me, Dad. I want to do it. And he says, I understand that you want to do it. And he tells her, Will you consider everything I've said before you actually make your decision? And she says, Yeah, sure, Dad. So he walks out of the room, and, <laughs> yeah, she's her mind is made up. It's like, even if she doesn't get it, just the fact that you would get to go there and just participate in something like that. You would still have a story to tell. He, he steps out of the door into the hallway and he's just kind of hanging back. And she runs out into the hallway, turns and sees him and says, I want to do it. It's like, oh yeah, yep. But I mean, what kid honestly wouldn't, if given the opportunity... What kid would turn an opportunity of something like this down? It just sounds like, even if it goes horribly, even if you don't get it, you still get a chance to possibly, you know, be on TV and have an experience like that and have a story to tell at school. I mean, how many of those kids in your school can say they went to, they were either in a commercial or they went to an audition? I mean, my goodness, she would be at the top of that school. next week for a serial commercial. Great, I want to do it. Honey, you realize the chances of getting this job are very, very tiny. Microscopic. I want to do it. If you do this, it should be for fun. I don't want you to feel disappointed if you don't get it. Listen to me, Dad. I want to do it. I understand you want to do it. But will you consider all this before you make your decision? Sure, Dad. Okay. <laughs> I want to do it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, in the next scene, we got Jesse actually taking DJ to the audition. Stephanie is there right away as soon as DJ walks into the waiting room and she sees, like, three other girls there. DJ already feels a little nervous. She's like, wow, they look so professional. Yeah, sweetie, that's uh, that's why you didn't want to get your hopes up too high. So the door opens and out comes Vivian, who is the assistant. She is overseeing the auditions. We have a girl named Karen. 
with her mother. And the, this girl, Karen, probably is right around DJ's age. And just, she speaks so affluently. Just a kid who is trying to sound older than what she is. Clearly having been coached by her mother on her responses. Like, oh, you did very well, Karen. And Karen says, oh, it felt good for me, too. And she says, why don't I leave you my new picture and resume? Now, the How Rude Full House podcast did call the pictures actually referred to as a headshot. So, okay. This girl Karen here is like her mother clearly works for her. And Vivian, I am immediately getting Judith Light, Angela Bauer, who's the boss vibes from her, just from the big 80s glasses in the 80s were huge, huge, like monster-sized, like three times the size of your face, huge. And of course, before Karen goes, she's like, well, I hope I'll be hearing from you soon. Ciao! Like, okay, bye-bye, Karen. So weird, 1988, we wouldn't know just how relevant this name Karen would be, like, 30-plus years later. Oh, my goodness. And of course, Karen leaves with her mother, and you see see Jesse, DJ, and Stephanie, like, turn and look at this girl, like, almost like, like, oh, whoa, that kid's got issues. Like, uh, even DJ probably feels like she is out of her league. (laughs) Exactly, that's what we're all thinking, Steph. When Stephanie asks, was that a little kid or a tiny grown-up? You know, you can never tell. So, Jesse tells me, uh, I almost called Stephanie Michelle, <laughs> so tells Stephanie to go over and, you know, color or something. And DJ immediately started to get cold feet. She says, Uncle Jesse, this was a mistake. And she tells Jesse, you know, I don't have a picture, I don't have a resume. So, did Danny not even, I mean, yeah, all he heard was, hey, there's a commercial for a cereal, there's a cereal commercial down at the station. So he didn't find out, like, okay, DJ being an up-and-comer, a newbie, basically, as in what stuff they would probably require the child to have prior to attending an an audition. Yeah, she says, I don't have a photo, I don't have a resume, all I did was kiss a frog. Yeah, she's just thinking, like, all I did was, I was in a little elementary school play. I mean, this is, like, the big leagues. And I love how Jesse's like, hey, don't worry, I got this. I'll take care of this for you. Oh, is he going to go over and try to schmooze Vivian? Yeah, he right away starts schmoozing her, shakes her hand like, hey, may I call you Viv? Hi, Viv. I'd like to introduce you to a very talented young actress. Yeah, he goes over to DJ and says, Miss Donna Jo Tanner here, look at that face. And he cups her face in his hand. Yeah, and she's like, oh yeah, nice face. Just look, uh, sign in, leave your picture and resume at the desk. Well, what happens when they don't have one, though? Do they immediately get rejected? And DJ says, but I don't have a picture. And Stephanie, quick on her feet, this adorable angel, says, oh yes, you do. And she hands <laughs> just a round-faced picture with eyes. <laughs> To Vivian, here's her here's her picture. She says, I didn't have time to make hair. I love Stephanie's dress. I love her yellow yarn bow and her hair is just so cute. I think right now, 
Stephanie is definitely going to get the best outfit of the episode award. I just, I feel it. <laughs> All the other girls have headshots and resumes. Whatever, little pod child. You are a pod child, Karen. Well, I hope I'll be hearing from you soon. Ciao. Go back to your pod. to actually see DJ do the audition with Jesse and Stephanie sitting off to the side watching, which I've heard, I guess that isn't the case where the child just goes in by themselves without a parent or guardian to do the audition for like the casting director or, or, or whoever. But I mean, the horror, story, horror stories you hear about, you know, child actors of that time and things that were going on behind the scenes, you know, those, those dark periods and stuff. I would think nowadays with regulations, like, no, there has to be somebody in there, a parent or a guardian with the child for their own protection, I would think nowadays. So yeah, she's sitting at a table with a big bowl of oat boats and a separate bowl in front of the cereal bowl with strawberries and bananas, banana slices. And it says Olsen's Oat Boats, a red cereal box. Vivian, of course, is, is handling the cue cards and DJ's, you know, reading it. You know, she's not flat or anything. She does have emotion and I think it's good. I think she does a really great job. And you see Jesse off to the side, like, mouthing the words along as DJ's saying them. Of course, as soon as DJ's done with the last line, Jesse jumps up, starts climbing, like, oh, beautiful, beautiful, that was so great, that was so... And Vivian kind of looks at him like, could you please just sit back over there? And Vivian's like, okay, that's enough. And Jesse's like, well, I was touched, I was moved. And Stephanie says, kids will love her, I do, aww. And she says, so do I. You were terrific. I want you to stay and do it again for Mr. Benton. Aw, that's awesome. The fact that she's being asked to stay and do it again, I mean, that's a good, good sign. Clearly that Karen pod child was just a robot. And that's why she didn't get asked to stay. 
And I can imagine, I mean, Mr. Benton feels like Vivian can handle the auditions on her own. She'll select the best ones and then he can overlook them and make the final decision. Of course, TJ jumps in. But, I mean, she's excited. I get it. I get it. The fact that, you know, she would. You're being asked to stay there and do it again for the person who could be making the final decision. You can be in a commercial. I mean, I'd be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I would be so excited too. But, of course, she's like, okay. And Vivian kind of looks at her like, okay, calm down, calm down. Like, okay, yeah, 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 you're professional. She immediately, I mean, very well. <laughs> Vivian goes over and takes the oboe box off the table, and then of course Jesse and Stephanie are all like, "Yay!" I'm like, "Okay, okay, calm down." <laughs> so of course Jesse has to go feed the meter, and DJ wants to make sure her hair is absolutely perfect. And then <laughs> Stephanie wants to actually have the bowl of cereal since it's right there. Like DJ said. Did such an amazing job. She makes me actually want to eat some oatboats. So can I have some? And of course, Vivian's like, I'll go for it, kid. Oh, so of course, as soon as Stephanie starts having some of the oatboat cereal, which I guess have got to be really, if those are in that bowl of milk, those things got to be soggy by now. But anyway, Mr. Benton comes in and he is watching Stephanie because she says she likes to do oat boat races which she starts swirling the milk in a circle you know clockwise with the spoon and then she puts like a strawberry and a banana and starts like spinning it around and like oh that is so and Mr. Benton is so impressed like gosh I didn't think we were gonna go this young with a kid but I mean and they're just watching Stephanie and it's just oh yeah, he makes a decision. Stephanie is the new Oatboat Girl. And, of course, Vivian's like, oh, well, yep. Because <laughs> Mr. Benton says, Vivian, you've done it again. Yeah, she does, like, an Oatboat race with the strawberry against the banana and starts, like, swirling the milk around. See, such a creative kid. I mean, making breakfast time fun. He said it's the it's the strawberry against the banana and the banana wins and the first prize is a trip to my mouth and she eats the banana. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Mr. Ben is just like oh, I love it. I didn't think we we're gonna go this young, but this little girl is adorable. Vivian, you've done it again. And of course, Vivian takes off her glasses and is just like, well, Mr. Benton. <laughs> she takes off her glasses and says, well, Mr. Benton, sometimes you just have to go with your instincts. And when Mr. Benton goes over and shakes Stephanie's hands and hand and says, Congratulations, young lady, you're the new Oatboat Girl. Right as Jesse and DJ are coming back into the room. Like and Stephanie's like, What? <laughs> and Jesse and DJ are just shocked. Like, what what? Like, I just wanted to fix my hair. And Jesse says, I just wanted to feed the mirror. What happened? And you just see DJ just is like, she's glowering at like, Stephanie, I knew we shouldn't have left you alone in this room. You took everything from me. But honestly, no, what's worse? I mean, if she did not gotten it and went to some other professional kid or if it went to her own sister who lives in her own house. I think, honestly, <laughs> the fact that Stephanie, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... 
older, I mean, I'm not an older sibling, but I mean, I can imagine if, if you're an older sibling and you have a younger sibling who got something instead of you, you probably feel a little jealous. kitchen joey has made some nasty looking shake that he says all right here we go and it's a glass that's like half full he calls some of my special seaweed protein wheat germ tonic joey this is not the way to cut down you're just ugh. this is just it's gonna backfire it's gonna blow up in his face and he's gonna start just binging fast food what is this stuff supposed to do? Like, clean you out or something like that? Yeah, he takes a sip of it and immediately he's like... <laughs> but he swallows it and he turns to Danny with this big old smile on his face. Like, <sighs> I'm like, yeah, now down the whole rest of the glass, Joey. Uh-huh. Danny just looks at him like, Danny, uh, Joey, I do not envy you. <laughs> Joey says cholesterol free. Of course, DJ stomps into the kitchen all in a huff, slamming the fridge door. As she gets a glass bottle of juice, slams the fridge door, gets out a bottle cap opener, and then, uh, oh my. She is just so angry. Doesn't even say anything to Danny or Joey. She just goes over and sits down at the table. And Danny heads over there and says, Well, something tells me things didn't go so great at the audition, did they? And DJ says, Oh, no. And Danny says, Honey, we talked about how this might happen. 
And he says, well, they probably just gave the part to somebody's relative. And DJ says, oh, yeah. Danny, you couldn't be more right about that statement. And speaking of, you're looking at the relative they gave the part to as Jesse comes in with Stephanie. And Danny says, I know, DJ didn't get the part, but Jesse says, here's something you don't know. Steph did. And now Danny is stuck in the middle of, you know, feeling bad for DJ, but also being happy for Stephanie. It's like, it's like... By congratulating Stephanie, it's like now you're kind of throwing salt on the wound to DJ, like right in her face. <laughs> so. Yeah, and he hugs Stephanie, like, oh, Steph, you got the part? That's wonderful. And he hugs her, and then he turns to DJ and just kind of pats her arm, like, I am so very sorry, DJ. But that's wonderful, Steph! <laughs> Oh, you know, honestly, maybe it would have been better if the part had went to somebody else. I mean, DJ would have been bummed, but now she's just angry. And Danny goes up to Jesse and says, well, how did this happen? And Jesse says, well, hey, what if I said, hey, babe, that's show business. That wouldn't get me off the hook, would it? And Danny says, no. And of course, Joey says, hey, there's a bright side. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like, you can't fault Jesse because Stephanie got the part. He had to go feed his meter. What's he going to do? Take Steph with him? She could have just stayed there and hung. She hung out. She had cereal. You can't. You want to go blame someone? You go blame Mr. Mr. Benton or whatever. Just be happy one of your kids is going to be in the commercial. Yeah, it sucks for DJ, but it's not like she isn't going to get other opportunities in life to do other things. I mean, she gets to go to Spain when she's, like, 15. Um, gosh, what else does she get to do? Um, she gets to live in... No, that's because you know, Stephanie and Kimmy also get to live there, too. Uh, mm, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> DJ gets her own room later on, and Stephanie has to share with Michelle. There you go. That's something, right? <laughs> I'm grasping at straws here, I know. Like, of course, a little sister who's gotten, you know, got something that her older sister didn't. She feels bad, and she asks DJ, are you mad at me? Of course, DJ, through gritted teeth, says, no, Steph, I'm happy for you. And she says, why would I be mad at you? And Stephanie says, oh, no reason. And she turns, Stephanie turns away. She's like, no reason. And she's just grinning ear to ear. Like, it's almost like Stephanie feels like she can't be happy around, around about this around DJ. And, you know, Stephanie's trying to be a good sport about it. I mean, like, she didn't go to this audition with DJ trying to, you know, stay, you know, upstand her performance she was just eating cereal and the, the, the mr benton just happened to walk in and say hey congratulations kiddo you're the next outboat girl i mean dj what was wrong with your hair that you had to fix it it looked fine to me yeah dj gets up walks over to Steph. He's like i'm not mad i'm happy for you way to go steph as dj pinches her cheek now if you'll excuse me i have some homework to do yeah, DJ's gonna sit on this. She's gonna simmer for a bit. But you know, like, e there is, there's an eruption that's gonna happen eventually. These two can't be, you know, 
passive with each other for very long. Just, it, it, something's gonna happen. <laughs> DJ stomps up the stairs. <laughs> and DJ turns to, you know, Danny and Jesse and Joey, and she even asks, like, is it okay to be happy? Danny says, of course it is, sweetheart. And she's like, I got it! I got it! And Danny's like, honey, honey, honey. Your sister's right upstairs. <laughs> Keep it on the DL. <laughs> yeah, he says, Stephanie, for your sister's sake, be happy a little quieter. And she's like, I got it! I got it! Well, here we go. Some of my special seaweed protein wheat germ tonic. Ew. Oh, oh, ugh. Probably tastes like dirty socks and sour milk. Ugh. Something tells me things didn't go so great at the audition, did they? Oh, no. We talked about how this might happen. <laughs> they probably just gave the part to somebody's relative. Oh, yeah. And you're looking oh, at the relative they gave the part I know. To. DJ didn't get the part. Here's something you don't know. Steph did. Stephanie got the part? That's wonderful. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but that's wonderful. I'm really sorry. How did this happen? If I said, hey, that's showbiz, babe, that wouldn't get me off the hook, would it? I'd be like, I was feeding my meter. Don't look at me. There's a bright side. Sad. I had nothing to do with it. DJ, are you mad at me? Why would I be mad at you? Because I... Oh, no reason. I'm not mad. I'm happy for you. Way to go, step. Excuse me, I have some homework to do. She spills that juice going up the stairs. Of course it is, sweetheart. I got it! I got it! Okay, Pumpkin, calm down. For your sister's sake, be happy a little quieter. I got it! I got it! So, now we're going to jump up to Michelle's room where Joey is hovering over her crib with a styrofoam container with a delicious burger and french fries. This child has been enticed now by a corned beef sandwich, a big pickle, and now a hamburger and fries. Good golly. <laughs> Joey, why are you tormenting yourself like this? The fact that he went through with it, went to a drive-thru, picked up a burger and french fries, knowing full well that he's He's cut himself off from any form of fast food, junk food, what have you. He's torturing himself. And he's holding the burger looking at like, oh, are you sure you don't want this, Michelle? It's so juicy. Oh, uh, yeah, he's going to give in. Has it been 24 hours of that white snot liquid sludge that he was sucking down and ugh. <laughs> Tofu squares and meatless vegetable cutlets. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so juicy. It's so meaty. But no, I it can't. It's too saturated. It's so saturated. 
And he finally says, oh, so what? And he just, oh, he takes a big bite out of it. This is making me hungry, even though it's now 1.35 in the afternoon. And then we hear Danny calling from outside the hallway. Hey, Joey, you in here? And Joey, where's he going to put the food? He hides it behind Michelle, the pillow that's behind Michelle. Uh-huh. You know, this the fact that he had to even hide, go into Michelle's room to try to sneak eat a burger. Joey, this is just sad. He, he, he had to go out and eat it, right? You're telling me he couldn't have just gotten to the drive-thru, parked in the parking lot, and just scarfed it down. Or, you know, chomp on the fries on your way home, right? <laughs> you know by the time you get home, those fries are going to be, like, not even lukewarm. He hides, a, he hides the styrofoam container with a hamburger. He hides it behind a couple of stuffed bears. And, of course, Michelle's got evidence in her hand. She's holding a French fry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Danny comes in like, Joey, he's followed by Jesse. Joey, we've been looking for you. Where have you been? Danny, there's only so many rooms in that house. <laughs> My God. <laughs> of course, Joey can't talk. His mouth is full of hamburgs. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse's the one that points out, he's like, hey, where'd the small fry get the french fry from? Hmm. You would be, if that stuff was so hot, or still what, you would smell it. You would smell the hamburger. You would smell the fast food smell. <laughs> Michelle puts the french fry right in her mouth. I mean, she can chomp on a pickle because she's got a couple teeth in her mouth. She can gum down a, a french fry. And Joey says, well, must have been there for weeks. Have you ever seen a french fry that was, like, fell on the floor of your car and you go back after you're cleaning out your car? Like, oh, that was there, like, a month ago when I got McDonald's. It's as hard as a rock. <laughs> No, jo Jesse goes in for closer inspection on this french fry. He's like, hmm, it's still warm. And then he makes the discovery of the burger. Uh-huh, interesting. Jesse pulls out the styrofoam container with the fries and the burger and says, hmm, look at this. It looks like Michelle toddled off to the Mickey D's drive-thru. Went through the drive-thru window again. Oh, Michelle. You know what we've told you. If you're going to stop at Mickey D's, you make sure you get something for everybody. Joey finally cracks, and he's like, okay, admit it, I'm weak, I'm weak. I'm not Mr. Willpower and Mr. Cholesterol, as he takes another big bite of that sandwich. And Danny's like, Joey, look at yourself. Let us help you. Danny says, Joey, you went from all junk food to, I don't know, what the hell have been eating? Yeah, Danny says, there's another choice here. Try moderation. More fruit, more fiber, less fat. And Jesse says, yeah, we'll help you out. I'll start by helping you eat this burger and fries. Thank you. <laughs> he pulls it away from Joey. 
So at this point in the series, season one, Danny is not yet on Wake Up San Francisco because we haven't met Becky yet. That happens in season two. At this point in time, Danny is a sportscaster. And he says, look, I got to get down to the station. So this is real important. Keep an eye on DJ and Stephanie. He tells them, right now they're avoiding each other, but I have a feeling that's only temporary considering they share a bedroom. As in, yeah, this whole thing is eventually going to blow. And you guys got to be the referees when it happens. Michelle's got more than what she's got. A fry in one hand, and then she's got a fistful of two fries in the other hand. <laughs> so Jesse and Julie are like, hey, Danny, you go to work. We got this. We'll take care of it. And Danny is still holding Michelle. says, Michelle, please don't ever go into acting. <laughs> Joey takes Michelle from Danny and opens his mouth, and Michelle puts the fries in Joey's mouth. <laughs> That's adorable. Michelle, are you sure you don't want this? Are you sure? It's so juicy. So meaty. So saturated. So what? <laughs> Joey, you in there? Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Joey, we've been looking for you. Where you been? Oh, in the house, he's left. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, beautiful baby. <laughs> Where did the small fry get the French fry? <laughs> Must have been there for weeks. <laughs> it's still warm. Michelle is toddled up to the drive through window again. All right, I'm weak, I'm weak. <laughs> I'm not Mr. Willpower, I'm Mr. Cholesterol. Joey, <laughs> you went from all junk food to all... I don't know what the hell you've been eating. Yeah, really. There's another choice here. Try moderation. More fruit, more fiber, less fat. And we'll help out. I'll start by helping you eat this burger and fries. Thank you. Come here, Michelle. Guys, look, I got to get back to the station, okay? Listen to me. This is real important. Keep an eye on DJ and Stephanie. Right now, they're avoiding each other. But I have a feeling that's only temporary, considering they share a bedroom. We'll take care. We got it. Bye-bye, Michelle. And please, don't ever go into acting. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're down in the kitchen stephanie's at the table she's got her oboe she's got her cereal bowl she pours some oboes into the cereal bowl she's got her script her lines and i gotta hand it to uh, stephanie she's what five now at this point in season one i mean she's reading those directions without any problem the only thing is that she's reading her lines along with her actions that she's supposed to be doing and of course here comes dj who's still royally po'd that stephanie got the part over her which we all know that wasn't 
originally. That was not the plan. It's just how the way that it worked out. Yeah, Stephanie says, I love oatboats because Stephanie takes heaping spoonful of cereal, which Stephanie takes heaping spoonful of cereal. She's, that's an action. She's supposed to actually do that, not say it. I mean, she, she's not stumbling over her words. She's reading it without any, she doesn't need any help from anyone. That's really good for a five-year-old. And Stephanie continues reading. They taste great. She takes a bite. Like, oh, pumpkin. <laughs> and of course, DJ, who the only, she only came down there because she's still angry with Stephanie. And she's just going to razz on her the whole time. Because she starts giggling at Stephanie messing up her lines. I love this look on Stephanie. She stops talking as soon as DJ starts giggling. She Stephanie stops talking, turns her head, and side, basically gives a side glare to DJ. Like, do you mind? And DJ fake apologizes. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And Stephanie again tries it again. I love oatboats because Stephanie takes heaping spoon and DJ again is like, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Again, Stephanie stops and glares at DJ. But Stephanie just asks, like, if I'm doing something wrong, will you help me? And this is where DJ sticks it to Stephanie. You didn't need any help when you stole my part. Uh, sweetie, first of all, no, she did not steal your part. You wanted to go fix your hair, and Mr. Benton decided to come in then and see Stephanie playing with the cereal and eating the cereal. So you want to go jump down someone's throat? You go call up Mr. Benton, and you can go complain to him. But then again, no, of course, Stephanie's the one who's right there, so she's going to be in the line of fire. And Stephanie, again, just, you know, like being the little sister, like, are you sure you're not mad at me? And DJ plays it off like, oh, don't be silly. I'm glad I didn't get it. She's, DJ says, you'll miss a lot of school during that commercial. Oh, doing that commercial. Well, it's not like you can't make it up later. Oh, yeah, and now DJ's saying, yeah, they'll probably leave you back because then you'll probably get held back a grade because you'll miss so much school doing this commercial. Oh, Stephanie, <laughs> I love what she does here. She looks at DJ and says, I think you're jealous. And DJ says, me? Jealous? No, no, no. But I am hungry. And she basically rips the box out of Stephanie's hands. Stephanie, like, has to climb. She must have a booster seat there because it's like she has to work to climb out of that chair. She's like, fine, you can have it. And she walks past DJ, stops, turns, and grabs the cereal and just starts running for the door to the living room. And DJ follows right after. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, they're not running. For, <laughs> Stephanie's not running with the cereal into the living room. She's running around the kitchen island <laughs> and around the kitchen table. Yeah, and now they're across the table from each other screaming at each other. <laughs> DJ's like, give me back, you thief. And Stephanie says, no, you're just jealous. <laughs> and DJ says, thief. Stephanie yells, jealous! And, of course, here we get Stephanie's middle name as DJ says, give me that, Stephanie Judith! And Stephanie says, no way, Donna Jo Margaret! <laughs> DJ, like, 
launches herself across that kitchen table as Stephanie crawls underneath it. Where are Joey and Jesse? You guys need to stomp this out. Because they start getting in a tug of war over the O-Boats box. Cereal, they rip it right down the middle and cereal just goes everywhere. I'm like, normally there's a plastic bag. I mean, how else is that cereal going to stay fresh? Closing the flaps is not going to be enough to keep it fresh. Okay, here come Jesse and Joey running down the stairs at... DJ and Stephanie are tearing apart the boat box. <laughs> like, ladies, ladies, ladies! That looked like almost a, a full box of cereal. Oh my gosh. So, Joey grabs DJ and pins her arms to her sides, and Jesse grabs Stephanie and kind of <laughs> picks her up. So, Stephanie starts screaming, She stole my cereal! And DJ screams, She stole my part! And then back and forth with it. Thief! Jealous! Oh my goodness. I love how Jimmy's trying to go. Like, wow, we got that all out of our systems. Why don't you two just give each other a nice kiss and make up? And <laughs> Jesse, like, takes Stephanie, who he's holding sideways, and moves her closer to DJ. It's like, they're about to bite each other. <laughs> Stephanie's face right near DJ's, and DJ is just glaring at Stephanie. So Jesse just like, hey, Steph, here, here's half your old boats box. Take this, take some cereal, like, take some cereal from the floor, puts it on the inside of the old boats box, which has been torn in half, which is kind of a moot point. Why are you trying to put it back in a box that's ripped in half? And he sends her into the living room to practice her lines. So that way, Jesse and Joey can kind of calm down DJ before she says something she'll eventually regret. Oh, of course, but before Stephanie can even leave the kitchen, DJ starts taunting by calling Stephanie by her full name, Stephanie Judith, and Stephanie's a dungeon Margaret. And Jesse stands up and he looks at DJ confused like, Margaret? Like, you know this is your first niece, right? You were you said you were there the day she was born, right? You would know that her middle name is Margaret? I'd like to know where they came up with Don and Joe. Well, wait a minute. Joey, wasn't he the one that said, oh, your mom and dad wanted to call you Farah? But I said, hey, why don't you call her Don and Joe? Joey's like, hey, DJ, why don't you wait downstairs? Because, you know, that's the Joey's apartment at this point in time in season one. He's like, why don't you wait downstairs? And Jesse and I will be down there. Just cool off. And, of course, DJ's like, but she... And Jesse says, DJ, just go. And as DJ is stomping her feet again, you hear the crunch, crunch, crunch of the O-Boat cereal on the floor. Um, yeah, someone needs to work with her. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, rehearse. I love opals. <laughs> Stephanie takes keeping spook. Jeez. If I'm doing something wrong, will you help me? You didn't need any help when you stole my part. Are you sure you're not? 
Hey, I'm sure someone's eating cereal. I'm glad I didn't get it. I miss a lot of school doing that commercial. And they'll probably leave you back. I think you're jealous. Me jealous? But I am hungry. Fine. You can have it. So we go downstairs to Joey's basement apartment and we see DJ on an exercise bike, which we will never see again. Oh, well, maybe that's why, yeah, Joey got it because his doctor said, you know, you need to exercise more and that's probably what Joey got it for. And then we never see it again because back to his old habits of eating junk food all the time. But that the way that DJ is just going on that exercise bike, it's like there's no chain on it. Like there's no resistance where she's having to really work. It's more of like uh, just going and going and going and going like you're not really making a, you know, making a, a difference there. <laughs> My grandma had one of those types um, in her basement eons ago. But hey, she is really it was burning off that anger a little bit. Joey says, DJ, we need to talk. And DJ says, let me save you a lot of trouble. You're right, I'm wrong, and I don't care. I think Jesse turns the dial that really tightens up the resistance to the point where DJ can't pedal anymore because <laughs> she stops. So she goes over in a huff, arms crossed, and goes and sits on Joey's bed. And Jesse and Joey are both kind of like looking at each other. You go. No, you go. No, you go. And Jesse finally pushes Joey like, no, you go over there and talk to her. So Joey sits down next to DJ on his bed. And he says, look, DJ, Jesse and I strike out on auditions all the time. But I see where DJ is going to probably come back with saying, yeah, but did you ever get lose out on a part thanks to a relative? Or something like that. And Joey even says, being a performer is basically a series of rejections occasionally interrupted by work. That is a great way to say it. You know, I, I'm not a performer. You know, I podcast and stuff like that. But but then again, or even you could say, like, um, you know, going on fun job interviews and stuff like that. A lot of times leads to rejection and you don't get the job because it goes to somebody else. And honestly, it is hard not to take that personally. Like, you think, like, what was wrong with me? Why wasn't I a good fit, you know? 
Yeah, she's not even looking at Joey as he says this. And she says, oh, yeah, well, did either of you have a part stolen by your little sister? And she gets up and walks away from Joey and Jesse. Joey gets up off the bed and he's like, Jesse, go talk to her. Like, okay, clearly what Joey said didn't work. But it seems like they are going to hit like a like a reverse psychology kind of thing. Like they're playing into all, you know, what DJ is thinking. Like, oh, Stephanie, that little sneak. She set it up so that way she could be alone. And end up getting that part from you. Or something to that effect. Yeah, he's like, you know, DJ, you're right. You know, Stephanie stole that part right out from under you. It's almost like they're saying this in a way, playing into DJ's thoughts to kind of help her realize, like, I know that you're angry, but really, this isn't Stephanie's fault. She didn't do this on purpose. She just happened to be there, and you weren't there. I was just say, let's just say, let's just say, same situation, DJ went to fix your hair, Jesse went to take care of the meter for the car, and let's just say, Stephanie was just sitting there on the, uh, you know, on that couch there and wasn't playing with the cereal. Would, if, and Mr. Batten still come in, would he have said, well, oh, yeah, here's this little girl, let's, okay, or, or would he even have taken notice? Like, oh, where's the kid you want me to see? Or something to that effect. What if she hadn't have been eating the cereal? Would he still have been interested in Stephanie and given her the part even though she wasn't doing... I mean, it's not like she was running the lines for the commercial. She was just eating cereal and having fun. She was just being herself. But then again, for DJ, it's probably easier for her to be angry at Stephanie than it is for her to be angry at Mr. Benton or Vivian. Because she wasn't there, and neither was Jesse. They have no idea what happened prior to them coming in and seeing Mr. Benton shaking Stephanie's hand and saying, congratulations, you're the new Oppo girl. Yeah, and, and Jesse keeps going with this. Like, yeah, I bet she planned this whole thing. She tricked us into bringing her along, pretending that she cares about you. And Joey adds, oh, the conniving little sneak. And Jesse... Continues with, and then you fell into Stephanie's fiendish little trap by doing a, a great audition. Yeah, and, and Joey's like, oh, the little monster. And then, of course, Jesse keeps going with, meanwhile, the sinister little Stephanie. She used her telekinetic powers to send us out of the room so she could steal your commercial. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're getting a bit ridiculous here, but it's just kind of proving a point, like, DJ, you can be angry about this, or you can let it go and move on. Joey's like, I say we light some torches, find the she-devil, drive her into the night. Okay, I gotta say something here, what, what Joey's apartment, I swear we never see this again, either. To the right of the stairwell that literally goes up to nowhere because the other stairwell to the left goes up into the kitchen where the other one on the right goes nowhere. But anyway, to the right of that stairwell, there's like this brick spot that has like a, like a little pot belly stove thing going on. I'm thinking we know there's, there's a fireplace. <laughs> in the living room. We know there's one in Danny's room. We know later on there'll be one in Jesse and Becky's apartments. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't remember ever seeing this again later on. 
when I do cover um, Joey's place for Dave Coulier's birthday in September, I will look and when they do the transformation in you know, Joey's bedroom, and I will look for that. Just make a note of it. Remind me. Send me an email. Like, say, don't forget to look for that potbelly stove and that little brick facade off to the right of the right stairwell. DJ is trying hard not to giggle at that. <laughs> but you can see her facade is breaking. Her anger is starting to slowly lift and evolve. Like, dissolve. Yeah, she turns around to face Joey and Jesse and says, All right, you guys are right. She didn't do it on purpose. Like, honey, of course she didn't do it on purpose. She's only five years old. She just happened to be there and you weren't, you know, basically, I guess in Stephanie's case, right time, right place, right time. And of course, but DJ does add, but I'm still mad at her. So DJ again gets up and goes over, arms crossed, sits on Joey's bed and Joey and Jesse go back over like, come on, kiddo. Let, it, let us in on this. Like, come on, tell us what's the matter. What's up? Clearly there's something else here. Yeah, DJ says, ah, I'm just so sick of sisters. Everything was just fine when it was just me. And Steph then Stephanie came along and everyone said she was so cute. Now everyone says, Michelle is so cute. I'm like, um, um, Steph, uh, DJ, <laughs> this is only season one, sweetheart. You've got like seven more seasons of it basically going to be the, Mich the Michelle show. You think she's cute now because she she can't even talk yet. You wait till she starts saying stuff. And and, and the whole focus is just going to be constantly on Michelle. Yeah, DJ, she's acting like a typical, you know, probably an older sibling who has younger siblings and is tired of, you know, not having the attention lavished on being a single sibling. I mean, think about it. There's like a four, five year age difference between DJ and Steph, right? So there's enough time that DJ was an only sibling before Stephanie came into the picture. And DJ's like, oh, it's just so disgusting. And Joey says, well, was it so disgusting when you did the play and everyone thought you were so cute? Of course, DJ can't hide the smile on her face. She's like, oh, no, that was fine. Then again, she brings them the whole, until one of the so cute sisters ruined everything again. You know, I like how Jesse here puts an arm around DJ and says, you know, buddy, it's it's tough being the oldest, but you can't overlook the benefits. He says, you know, you get everything new, no hand-me-downs. And jo Joey says, and you get to do everything first, that's right, you get to date. You know, yeah, get your driver's license, yeah. You're the first to be admitted to an R-rated picture. <laughs> and Joey adds without a parent or legal guardian. And I love how Jesse adds, but the best part is you got two little sisters who need you and they look up to you and they love you very, very much. So Joey says, so what do you think? Shall we find the beast and drive her and light the torches, find the beast and drive her into the night darkness? <laughs> called Joey. And DJ kind of giggles like, eh, I guess not. But if we did, I'd still have one little sister left. Oh, they're down the noogie. <laughs> Double noogie. <laughs> okay, whenever I hear noogies, I hear Uncle Ted from Bobby's World. 
Yeah, I'm thinking DJ, little sisters are going to be so important. Especially down the road when you become an adult and you need, you know, your little sister, well, one of them, decides to move in and help you with your three boys. But they do, I like, they do make her see reason. It's like, you know, Stephanie did not do this on purpose to hurt you. It just, it was a situation, you know, a, a circumstance. It just, it just happened. It's like you could spend the rest of your life being mad at Stephanie, or you can be the better person and help her out. Mm. Yeah, there just does not seem to be any real resistance on that bike. She's just going. DJ, we need to talk. Let me save you a lot of trouble. You're right, I'm wrong, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, now he's making it impossible for her for to turn the pedals. <laughs> Listen, DJ, Jesse and I strike out on auditions all the time. Being a performer is basically a series of rejections occasionally interrupted by work. Oh, yeah? Well, do either of you have a part stolen by your little sister? <laughs> uh, you know something, she's right. DJ, you're right. Stephanie stole that part right out from under you. In fact, she planned this whole thing. She tricked us into bringing her along pretending that she cares about you. A conniving little sneak. And then you fell into Stephanie's fiendish little trap by doing a great audition. The monster. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sinister little Stephanie, she used her telekinetic powers to send us out of the room so she could steal your commercial. <sighs> I say we light some torches, find the she-devil, and drive her into the night. <laughs> Okay, you guys were right. She didn't do it on purpose. Of course she didn't. But I'm still mad at her. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, kiddo. I want to know what's eating you. All right, pal. Come on, what's the matter? Tell us. I don't know. I'm so sick of sisters. Everything was just fine when it was just me. When Stephanie came along. And everyone said she was so cute. Now everyone says Michelle's so cute. It's so disgusting. Well, was it so disgusting when you did the play and everyone thought you were so cute? Well, that was fine. Until one of the so cute sisters ruined everything again. Oh, buddy. It's tough being the oldest. I just can't overlook the benefits. I mean, you get everything new, no hand-me-downs, and you get to do everything first. That's right. Date, drive. You're the first to be admitted to an R-rated picture <laughs> without a parent or a legal guardian, huh? But the best part is you got two little sisters who need you and look up to you and love you very, very much. 
So what do you think? Should we light the torches, find the beast, and drive her into the darkness? <laughs> I guess not. But if we did, I'd still have one little sister left. Oh, no. <laughs> Alright, so now we head upstairs to the living room where Stephanie is making a phone call to Mr. Boat. Mr. Oat Boat. Because she doesn't know that the man who gave her the position for the commercial, who gave her the approval for the commercial, his name is Mr. Betton. <laughs> but she's like, just figure it's Mr. Boat, Mr. Oat Boat. And of course, you know, this is back in the day when you wanted something, you called up the operator. She says, Mr. Boat. And then she goes over to the cereal box and looks at it and says, Mr. Oat Boat. And, of course, I'm sure the operator just hangs up on her. But before, of course, the operator hangs up on her, Stephanie says, I need to talk to Mr. Boat. I can't do his commercial. His cereal is tearing my family apart. And at this point, DJ is has come in and is watching Stephanie on the phone talk to the operator. And DJ finally breaks in with, Steph, I need to talk to you. And somebody says, my sister's here. Can I put you on hold? And, of course, that's when the operator hangs up. And somebody says, hello? Hello? <laughs> she hangs up and says, how rude. So, yes, this is the very first time we hear Stephanie utter the catchphrase will we'll follow her throughout all the full house and in the fuller house. She just says, how rude. And she thinks of the phone. <laughs> uh, it's not l as long and drawn out as it will later eventually become. But DJ does get to see, like, Stephanie is just saying, you know, I can't do the commercial. The cereal is tearing my family apart. So she's willing to forego even accepting the commercial. Apparently she's not talking to Mr. Benton. But she's willing to sacrifice this because she loves her sister so much. Like, I can't do this commercial. Stephanie even apologizes. She says, I'm sorry I, was, I st stole your part. And DJ says, you didn't steal it on purpose. Well, she didn't steal it at all, DJ. DJ says, you didn't know what you were doing. And Stephanie says, that's true. I never know what I'm doing. And DJ says, but you were right about one thing. I was a little jealous. And you hear that, you know, full house, tender moment music kick in. Oh my gosh, my heart is melting. And Stephanie says, that's okay. I'm always jealous of you. Oh, God, now I'm starting to tear up. This is such a sweet sister's moment. I love how DJ is surprised when Stephanie says this. She's like, really? And Stephanie says, uh-huh. That's why I follow you around and bug you. She tells DJ, I think you're the smartest, prettiest, funniest girl I know. The funnest girl I know. Oh, my heart. Stephanie turns away and says, except when you hate me. Oh. And I love how DJ goes over to Stephanie and says, I don't hate you. I was just mad at you. And she adds, and someday I'll probably be mad at you again. I love Stephanie says, can you tell me when so I can go visit Grandma? And I love how DJ sits on, I don't know if this is an ottoman or a footrest, because the cushion on it matches the couch. 
And she says, that was funny, Steph. And I love how she's sitting down facing Stephanie as she says, I know the rule is you have to love your little sister. But even if you were some strange little kid who lived in my room, I'd love you anyway. She says, you're my best friend. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love this. I love this so much. Oh, my goodness. And this is Stephanie's turn to be surprised as she says, really? I'm your best friend? And DJ says, yeah. And Stephanie says, well, that works out great because you're mine. And they hug. <laughs> When they break away from the hug, Stephanie asks, but do we really need Michelle? And of course, DJ laughs and is like, yeah, you'll like her better when she's old enough to push around. I think, looking forward, Michelle is the one that pushes them around. No one pushes Michelle Tanner around. <laughs> Granted, they did get Michelle with that whole Counting Crows ticket-snatching plan with a Schmendrick's disease or whatever it was. Oh my goodness. That Leap of Faith episode. I like how DJ says, all right, let's go work on that script. Oh, they sit on the couch and I like how Joey and Jesse are both kind of peeking around the corner in the laundry room, kind of watching the girls sit on the couch together as DJ directs Stephanie with where it says, here, Stephanie takes heaving spoonful. You don't say this, that you do that. That's an a that's an action. <laughs> yeah, she says, you don't have to say that, you just do it. And I love Stephanie's look of surprise. Like, no. <laughs> and DJ says, yeah. And Stephanie says, wow, this acting is tough. She says, I wonder if Yogi Bear had this kind of trouble. And I'm kind of thinking, wouldn't the action, like what you're supposed to be acting out, wouldn't that be in parentheses? I've never, never read a script before, so I don't know when you're actually supposed to be doing something instead of, you know, saying your lines and then, you know. But we clearly, well, the thing is, DJ had cue cards that she was reading from. She didn't read from a script. Sister. 
But even if you were some strange little kid who lived in my room, I'd love you anyways. You're my best friend. Really? I'm your best friend? Yep. Well, that works out great because you're mine. But do we really need Michelle? <laughs> yeah. You'll like her better when she's old enough to push around. <laughs> you ain't gonna be a push Michelle around. Buddy, that was the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I love covering this episode. It's just it's such a sweet episode. So best outfit, of course. I'm gonna give it to Stephanie. I love the yellow yarn bow in her hair. I thought that was cute. I loved her like it was like red, blue, yellowish dress. It was just so adorable. I got I think worse. Outfit. I'm going to give it to Joey when he and Jesse are talking to DJ down in Joey's bedroom apartment. Joey's wearing, it's like a real pale white pink shirt with different, you know, 80 shapes on it. It's just really mm, not one of Joey's finest. I know he wears kooky, crazy, you know, shirts, and especially in season one, but that was just, that is not one for the record book. Books, I'm telling you at least <laughs> definitely worst outfit is gonna be Joey Tanner teachable moment look there are gonna be times especially if you have siblings where one sibling is gonna occasionally shine over the other or have their moment in the Sun and if you know sometimes things aren't gonna work out for you but it's like be there for your sibling because you know that they're going to be there when it's your moment to shine. You share in your triumphs. You share in, you know, the hard times and the good times and your failures and your triumphs. You root for each other. And it's just, that's what you do. And I, I mean, honestly, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure DJ, if a part hadn't have went to her and it went to someone else, she still would have been disappointed. But I think the fact that it went to Stephanie, who DJ already, you know, complained about, like, having two younger sisters and having to share the spotlight with her siblings and the attention is and always on her. You know, she got her moment in the sub with that, that play and everything like that. But uh, I think just because it was Stephanie that took the part from her, just, yeah. It's just, you, you, gotta, you gotta pick your battles, as they say. Just... Be angry for a little bit, but get over it and just help your little sister out. That's one of the things Jesse even said. Your little sisters are going to need your help. They look up to you. And as far as Tanner Teachable moment for Joey goes, <laughs> moderate. Jamie and Danny is 100% right. Moderation is key. Don't go hardcore full bore thinking you're going to be giving up you know, junk food, and because you're going to be eventually climbing the walls and just eating anything and everything that's not nailed down, because just, on occasion, you know, make it, make it a reward 
for yourself, like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, a day or so without, you know, and I'm going to try to eat this. And in doing so, you know, give yourself, like, a little reward maybe at the end of the week or maybe at the end of the month. Like, hey, I work really hard. I'm really working towards my goal. And, like, hey, maybe a reward at the end of the month, you get, you know, a cheeseburger or a french fry or, like, instead of getting the small, I'm going to get the large or something like that. Just use it as an incentive, as a reward for you know, working towards a goal. And another thing, baby steps. Take baby steps when doing things too. That way you give your body time to acclimate to getting used to, you know, going without something or, you know, some flip, you know, something else. I mean, I'm not a nutritionalist. I just, I know what works for me. I also know it's easy to fall back into old habits after having not done something for a while it's just it's so convenient it's so easy just to like well I don't want to make anything and you know Mickey D's is literally up the road so I'm just gonna go grab so it's so easy to fall into those old habits again because it's it's a comfort that's why they call those things comfort food because just gives us temporary joy. And then after, it's like after you finish that milkshake, what are you left with? <laughs> it, that that fullness feeling, eventually that, that'll go away. It's just honestly, like I said, just moderation, baby steps. So the next episode, of course, I'm going to be covering in the sisters, I'm calling it the double feature, is from season five. It's episode three called take my sister please which aired october 1st 1991 i would have been nine in this episode dj lobbies for her own bedroom but michelle is reluctant to share a room with stephanie who is depressed because nobody wants her as a roommate well when you call someone a kindergarten baby i'm pretty sure they're not gonna want a room with you stephanie but of course, before we get to that episode, we do have a birthday coming up from a Full House slash a Full House slash Fuller House cast member, and for that, I am going to be covering season four's episode. I have to find it first. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, season three, season three's episode. No more Mr. Dumb Guy, episode 13 of season 3. This aired January 5th, 1990. Jesse feels ultimately challenged as he's to meet some of Becky's intellectual friends. Yes, as we know, Becky and Jesse at this point have been dating. They almost got engaged. And Becky's about to find her thing. She likes art. She likes classical music you know, the finer things and all that. So when an old prof college professor of Becky's comes around um, and he takes her to this night of culture, I guess if you want to refer to it as such, Jesse, of course, originally was going to go, but he's like, I don't want to do that. Fake and sick. Of course, Professor Eric Trent, Becky's old professor, goes in Jesse's place. Jesse gets a little gel gel, jealous. And um, yeah, he ends up making a fool of himself. <laughs> 
by um yeah he he tries to do a cram session of you know painters you know classical literature dickens you know painting like picasso monet and you know classical music like you know beethoven tchaikovsky all that stuff and <laughs> having his cram session, he's like got a bunch of old classical posters, playing classical music and stuff. He, he thinks he's going to be ready for this big night, classical night of the festival of the arts. Like he, but and the fact that he does this because he feels like he's not smart enough for Becky. I like in this episode. You know, this is the episode I wanted to choose. For John Stamos's birthday, because I just I think it's sweet how Becky does tell him it's great that you want to read these books and stuff, because he's talking about you know Plato, a Greek kid, and she's like it's great that you want to read these books and everything and listen to this music, Jesse. But please do this, don't do this for me. You do that for you because you want to do it. See. When Jeremy and I, just before we started dating, I made a list of movies that I liked and a list of books that I liked. I'm like, oh, you should read this. Even though Jeremy's not a big reader, but he went and he watched that list of movies. There's like maybe 20 movies on there. And he read that list of books. There's like maybe like 10 books on there. And he's not even a reader. He really, he's not. But he did that because... He wanted to impress me. I don't know. <laughs> he wanted something to have to talk with me about. I mean, but the fact that he made, Jeremy made the effort to do that and to watch movies that he normally probably wouldn't have been interested in and read books that he could have cared less about, that says something. The fact that a person is making the effort to take an interest in something that you have an interest in that that that's effort right that 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 is a per well, yeah and now i'm rambling but yep look forward to no more mr dumb guy coming out after next week today is the 29th of july so next week is sisterly love the week after that is no more mr dumb guy and then Take my sister, please, because I'm going to be going on a vacation the week of the fifth, um, the week of the fifteenth. So I won't be back until the last week of August. So no, um, uh, take my sister, please. Will come out on the twenty seventh of August. So there's going to be a break on the, you know, the week of the 15th through the 20th where there won't be anything coming out because I will not be here. I will be going home for a week to spend time with my family because I mean, I'm <laughs> homesick. I just, I cannot believe that we've been in Texas almost a year. This has been, you guys have listened to the podcast for even <laughs> since 2021 started, this has been a roller coaster year for Jeremy and I. <laughs> so badly. I just, I just, I need, I need to go home for a bit and um, kind of collect myself and yeah.
surround myself, you know, with, with, with family and things that are familiar. So that way I feel like, you know, this is, this is phase two for me here, starting over again in a, in a new place again. <laughs> so yeah, it's almost like, I kind of feel like I have to like reset myself. But yeah, that's, that's what's going on in my life. Like I said, I will do a podcast and life update more than likely maybe October, November, and just kind of, you know, see where I'm at at that point. But let me just say, I, I love doing the podcast. I know they're not as frequent as they used to be, but I just, I enjoy doing this. It's, it's fun for me. I don't have any plans to, to stop podcasting anytime soon. Maybe, you know, one day down the road, but... I still got plenty of episodes of Full House to cover. And the new Punky Brewster, you know, that one, honestly, I'm going to take it slow with that because we really do not know at this point whether Punky Brewster, the new Punky Brewster, is even getting a season two at this point. And I would rather take it slow with the nine episodes that are left because I already did the, you know, the pilot episode of the first one. So I'm just, I'm taking it slow. And then in September, the new Wonder Years reboot coming up. I'm excited. I'm so excited for that. Um, let's see what else is going on. Uh, January, final season, season six of This Is Us. I can't wait. Now, I don't podcast about that, but I do. I love that show. Stranger Things season four, still waiting on that. <laughs> have no idea when that's going to come out. Um, another show I like to watch on the Disney Channel is Diary of a Future President. Finally, we, we're getting a season two in August, so I'll be watching that when I come back from Michigan. So I've been re-watching season one because it's only ten episodes. Um, another show on Netflix that I watch is Babysitter's Club. They're filming season two, so and they did recast. If you have seen the new um, Babysitters Club on Netflix, they did end up recasting the girl who played the actress who played Dawn. So, because uh, I guess she's in a Marvel movie, a new Marvel movie coming out or something like that. And what was the other show that I was? Um, Mighty Ducks, the new that Mighty Ducks um, on. Disney Channel, I watched, I think I'm on episode two, and I'm liking it. I'm taking that slow, too, because there's only ten episodes, and it just, I'm loving it. I also, I got my Funko Pops, my Mighty Ducks Funko Pops. There's only, like, five characters, so there's Gordon Bombay, there's Charlie Conway, there's Fulton Reed, there's Greg Goldberg, and then, of course, my favorite... Had a crush on him when I saw the Mighty Ducks movie back in 91. You would have thought it would have been Charlie Conway, but no. Adam Banks was my crush, just like Scotty Smalls was my crush from The Sandlot. You'd think it would have been Benny, but, like, no. I like the, I like the quiet guys. <laughs> the ones that I like. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just kind of what's going on right now with me. Kind of what I'm watching and stuff like that on TV and just... Getting the new place all set up. This is kind of funny because um, the new place that we're at, it's, you know, it's, it's just a different building, same complex. But 
the pool is literally on the other side of our apartment. I think that's cool that there's a pool right there. I actually went out there yesterday. It was like 97 degrees and felt like 106 or something. And I only stayed out there for a minute. I didn't go in the pool or anything. I mean, I dipped my toe, my feet in there, but <laughs> like it felt comfortable. But it's just like, eh. I'm happy that I did take the time to learn a little more swimming. Um, one of the, you know, when I was at the, when we stayed at the hotel for over four and a half months, um, one of the movies I actually recently watched, and this movie came out in 1990, and I hadn't, I just, I'd had opportunities to watch the movie before, and I just, I don't know why I never took the initiative. It's called Mermaids with Cher and Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci. It came out in 1990, so it was a year before Christina Ricci played Wednesday Adams in Adams Family. Now, I don't know if you're like this, but I am, where I actually prefer Adams Family Values over Adams Family. Probably because I did see Adams Family Values first, and then I saw Adams Family. I'm like, no, nah, I like the second one. Joan Cusack, oh my goodness, and Adams Family Values. I definitely at some point want to cover that movie on the podcast because, oh, it's so, so many lines in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, as far as movies, I, I know I did not get too far from home. Adventures of Yellow Dog, that one's going to be put on the back burner until maybe, maybe next year. Um, I will be covering... You know, for Dog Days of Summer, I did get, you know, I got to Lassie, and then I'm going to just cover uh, 1974's Where the Red Fern Grows. I do have the novelization, so I can kind of do a little comparative from the novel versus the movie itself. Now, there was a movie that came out, like, in 03 or 05, a, a, a remake, and I'm like, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> No, thank you. But there is a sequel to Where the Red Fern Grows, which it's funny because I didn't even know that even existed until one day I was in the video store when I was like maybe 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And it just had, you know, it was basically the video stores that my dad would take me to weren't really video stores. They were like a convenience it was across from our church, this is small, you know, what, it was basically one wall just of movies that had probably been out for years, and I was just like, oh, okay, here we go, and I, I saw it there, I'm like, I'm getting Where the Red Fern Grows, part two, because it didn't have the same actor, because the first movie was made in 1974 and I believe the second one might have been like maybe 92 let me check this out here hold on a second I know this is just me uh talking about whatever 92 where the red fern grows part two and it does have R.I.P. Wilford Brimley passed away. Did, yeah, he... Oh, gosh. That was almost a year ago that he passed away. Um, Doug McKeon, who was in On Golden Pond. I remember that movie from when I worked at the video store. This lady looks familiar. Who is she? 
Oh, 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 okay. She was on the Facts of Life? Lisa Welchel? She, okay. Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, because the boy in here who plays Wilson, he actually played Eddie in the TV miniseries version of It. Okay, I thought that girl looked familiar. I'm like, where do I know that girl from? I'm like, okay. So, yeah. So that's what's going to go on in August. I'm still undecided on what movie I want to cover for the Back to School. Um, I'm thinking either... I'm thinking I might be leaning towards The Breakfast Club. There's also Grease with John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, and there's Mr. Holland's Opus. So one of those three movies I will be covering. And then in October, I'm going to be covering the movie Cujo because I watch it every single year. And I do have a novelization show, so I'm going to do a comparison between the movie and the novelization for that. As far as episodes coming up for Full House Podcast, September and October are going to be split with the back-to-school episodes. So there's going to be a, a Nerd for a Day, A Pinch is Just a Pinch. Those will be in September. And then Working Girl... And Stephanie Gets Framed, those will be in October. Dave Coulier has a birthday in September. I'm going to be covering Joey's Place. And then in October, Elias Harger, who plays Max Fuller on Fuller House. His episode is going to be from Season 5. It's called Basic Training. It does actually deal with, you know, Ramona doing the Uncle Monty's sub-eating contest. But also, it does cover... Max starting junior high. He's skipping a grade and going to junior high and he has to adjust to, you know, he ends up wanting to change his image a little bit because, you know, he's more clean cut and he brings a briefcase to school and kids tease him about it. So then the next day he's like, hey, I just want a t-shirt and a pair, you know, and shorts and he's wearing a backwards hat. He's very un-Max-like. And we actually get to see in the, that episode, Basic Training, we get to hear how Kimmy and DJ actually met. You think it was just because they live next door to each other? No. They actually met on a field trip because the teacher had assigned DJ to sit with and hang out with Kimmy. So, Yeah. That's going to be in October. If there is time, because I do believe September is the Alzheimer's Awareness Month or Day, I will be covering the episode The Volunteer for that in September. November and December are still up in the air as far as what episodes I want to cover for those months. Whether there will be no double feature month or it, whether it'll be something I do have a lot planned I still I want to keep January as a Jesse month so I know we've done Jesse and Becky a love story for 2019 or no 2020 and then 2021 January was Jesse and Becky new parents or the next chapter new parents I'm thinking I think I want to do it 
with Jesse and the girl and you know his nieces, you know, an episode with him and DJ fogged in. Then you also have Jesse and Stephanie in Girl Talk, and then the I believe the devil made me do it with Jesse and Michelle. I think that's what I'm going to be covering for January with Jesse. But yeah, that's just kind of a heads up as to what's going to be coming. I know there's a segment I wanted to do called Good Girls Love Bad Boys or, or some type of segment like that where I'd be covering Fives a Crowd when DJ goes to the driving with Pete. Uh, there's the episode Making Out is Hard to Do with Stephanie and go going to Gia's apartment and she has a makeout party. And then there's also... I think it's all stood up with guest star Andrew Keegan. Stephanie makes a date with him and he ends up breaking her date. Actually, I heard that was the final episode that was filmed of Full House. That was the final episode of Full House that was filmed. It actually wasn't Michelle Rides Again, parts one and two. That was actually filmed prior to. So, all right. Like I said, everyone, I hope you all have a great first week of August, and I will be back n next week with John Stamos' birthday episode, No More Mr. Dumb Guy. So enjoy sisterly love. And if you guys have sister moments that you want to share, spe special moments that you shared, memories with your sister or sisters, I would love to hear about them. You can... Email me at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to share them on a future episode of the podcast. Maybe in Take My Sister, Please, since that will be the last sister's double feature. Okay. Um, also, again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. And if you haven't left a review on iTunes for the podcast, please do so. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Okay, bye-bye.